10 minutes after 8 o'clock here on AM 550 FM 99.9 WSAU, online at WSAU.com as well. Merle Kelch getting settled in right now. We well, can li- tell the truth. I finally made it. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're live in studios. Yes, absolutely. We can tell the truth uh, on that. Uh, glad to have you here in studio today, it's Merle. Been a while. It, it really has. Uh, again, this is the best part of my broadcast week, as I like to say. Folks, he drinks a lot. Just so you know, um, <laughs> he has a couple of right now. Matter of fact, looking at, I'm not really sure what's in that coffee cup. Yeah, uh, it, it, hey, it, it's for me to know and you to find out. Uh, yeah, seven one five eight four five two one five five is the number to call. Of course, if you've got questions for Merle, we'd be happy to take those on air here today. Uh, and, and Merle, uh, the big thing this week, we we had some downward movements uh, in the market. We also had interest rates staying the same for now, and and I'm told that's a good thing. It's just, it's just one of those things. This week, if you see the market going down, which you know everybody has if you watch the marketplace, um, it's happening as a result of good news because people want the bad news so that the good to- news mm-hmm. comes long term. So the whole conversation this week is has all been about okay, is the Federal Reserve going to start lowering interest rates? And I've said this in this program a number of times before, simply saying that, you know, if you think the the, the Fed is just going to say, okay, now we feel like reducing interest rates, um, well, no, they're not going to until you start seeing the economic numbers show it. Uh, in fact, if we look at what's going on with the economic numbers, it actually appears as though that things are going to continue to get worse, folks, before they get better. You know, so a couple of things that have happened this past week is we've seen fuel prices go up. Mm-hmm. Fuel price, of course, leads to the food prices, and that's creating this uh, problem inside of uh, the inflationary marks. And we're going to see interest rates keep going up. In fact, things could start slowing down from a job standpoint that we could see a recession coming uh, next year. Um, a number of economists are already forecasting starting in the fourth quarter of this year, we could start, start to see things slowing down into a, uh, a recessionary period of time. So we'll see what happens. But so the people on Wall Street who are thinking that interest rates are going to drop and the world's going to be funny, and if it's not, we're just going to sell stuff off, God bless them, because guys uh-huh. like me are going to go through and say, well, what do we find on sale? <laughs> yeah, it, it, exactly. Full disclosure, uh, for those of you that maybe didn't hear the open of the show, uh, I, go, I had to go back to broadcasting school just now. Yeah, how'd that go? Yeah, I realized I had the microphone in the wrong setting. So if you didn't hear the intro of the show fully, well, it was awesome. You just didn't get to hear it. You'll get to hear it on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll hear it again. Yeah, later today at uh, WSAU.com. Of course, the show always available online via podcast. Uh, give me about uh, 15, 20 minutes after the show gets done, and uh, boom, it's right there online. But, yeah, we're talking about uh, just kind of the news from this week. Obviously, we saw the markets heading uh, down to end the week, uh, giving back most of the gains that they had after the news that the Fed is going to leave interest rates where they are right now. At least one interest rate hike before the end of the year, though, is forecast. Of course, that's one of those forward-looking statements here on this show uh, that may not come true, famously enough. Yeah. But, but of course, that's that's what some of the pundits are saying. And uh, as you mentioned, a recessionary period could, uh, could be coming somewhere time, as you said, in the fourth quarter or into early next year. Yeah. And, Give us, just again, the rundown. Just because we're going into a recession doesn't mean that that's a bad thing because these things happen in cycles, right? Things happen in cycles. You can still make money inside of a recessionary period of time. But, you know, some of the best preparations we can actually have about going into a recessionary period of time is get some of your debt paid off. 
you know, we look at uh, things like student loans coming around. Mm -hmm. If you have a variable rate mortgage, it's all going to start adding to expenses. So the best thing you could do, folks, for those that are out there listening and haven't done this at this point in time, pay off your car and credit cards. Have those done because those are easy ones. Get those done. So if we slow down, nobody knows how we're going to go into recession. And still, even if we're not, if we are are not going to go into a recessionary period of time, but I, I think it's likely. You know, we were hoping maybe we'd have that fabled soft landing. And and even Chairman Paul this past week was saying, you know, we hope that it happens, which means we just slow down enough and inflation gets all better and happy and we all start holding hands and singing Kumbaya walking into the sunset. Mm, probably not. And, and the reason is we've got too many things that are pointing towards a recession or the economy slowing down dramat- dramatically. Um, one is rising interest rates. They're probably going to go up another time this year. We see inflation and fuel going up, which adds to that inflationary effect. Uh, we see interest rates slowing down the housing marketplace. We finally got that with new homes uh, dropping some 14% on applications. Though it's been one month, we've been doing well over the course of this year. It might be just a blip. We'll see. Um, we're seeing M2 money supply drifting up m- very minimally, but drifting up rather than coming down as it has been. Um, and then finally, we're going to see the student loan debts coming on. You know, mm-hmm. so... You know, folks, what's out there is going to have over the bulk of the middle class of those that have student loans, uh, they didn't have that three, four, five, sometimes even a thousand dollar monthly payment because it's been forgiven for the last number of years. Uh, so it's just been passed on. Well, now that pops up. Now it's an expense. Now that's less discretionary spending, which of course is the thing that's been holding up the economy for the last number of years. Mm-hmm. So as a result of that, all that stuff is starting to multiply and, and come into effect at this particular point in time. And then there's the fear of the government shutdown. Don't be fearful of that. <laughs> um, you know, article this morning by uh, um, uh, Brian Westbury from uh, First Trust. Um, he just kind of went through and did some you know rough numbers on what happens with a government shutdown. What's interesting um, is that a government shutdown has never led to a recession inside of the articles that he shows. Um, he said if we look at it from a day-by-day basis, um, uh, maybe there's been a recession if we call the market dropping. But at large, the stock market goes up when a government shuts down. And I think the reason is that at least these, you know, drunken nutcases out in Washington, we know they're not spending anything. <laughs> that you know, is look true. Look at the money we're saving. So I hope we're shut down for you know, a good month or so. We're going to save a great deal of money this year. You know, and and, <laughs> and we say this all uh, tongue-in-cheek, but my, my hope with a government shutdown has always been then they stop taking the federal income tax out of your paycheck. But, of course, from what I'm told well, is— Well, that doesn't happen. Yeah. That doesn't happen that way because when it fires back up, we would have had to— pay it all in anyway so just as well you know the government hang on to the money for now instead of you holding on to your money we can have that debate uh chicken egg type uh debate warren buffett once said he said i can i can solve all the governmental problems in an instant especially when it comes to budget um, uh, deficits or the government shuts down you just simply have to make it so that whenever there's a budget deficit or a dark government shutdown the congressmen don't get paid he said it'll be solved in an instant every time 715-845-2155 is the number to call. As always, our chit-chat is just the filler for your phone calls. One more story before we we, uh, take that first break. Again, for those of you who know me, you know I uh, I spent some time uh, living in Minnesota for about seven years or so, four years of college. And you're still recovering. It's still recovering, yes. Four years of college, believe it or not, I I got that done in four, and then a a couple years after college as well uh, because I liked the people so much, you know, We'll just leave it. Uh, I like the people so much. Uh, we took a uh, we took a trip down to Missouri at one point when the Minnesota government was shut down. You know, no work's getting done on Minnesota highways this summer, and 
no uh, no government employees there because there was a shutdown, state shutdown in St. Paul. Mm-hmm. We walk, we or drive into Missouri. We didn't walk into Missouri. We drive into Missouri, and uh, the highway department in Missouri is making a cartoon or a stick figure highway workers out of uh, traffic cones. And they, you know, they've got enough time to do that while they're while they're building the highway, and the highway workers in Minnesota were, uh, you know, just at home watching uh, Netflix. Just uh, kind of looked at that and said, "Man, why why can't our government be like that? Why they they've got enough time to play while they're on the job, and our guys just aren't?" So, well, we have to hold up the shovels. Yeah, somebody has to. Somebody yeah. has to. Again, seven one five eight four five two one five five is the number to call. We'll be back with more with Merle after this. Twenty minutes after eight o'clock on AM five fifty FM ninety nine nine WSAU online at WSAU.com as well. I'm WSAU News Director Mike Leishner. Uh, taking a look outside right now, still some steady rain falling. We're looking at a daytime high of about seventy-two today, so not too bad at all. Merle Kelch, we are making financial sense, and I'm told that you have you you have breaking news. Is that correct? Um well I just I just noticed something. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, probably for the first time in meteorological history. Okay. It was a 100% accurate forecast <laughs> of, of what's going on with the weather, and that's because we can see outside. So, yes. Merle, good, good Merle, job, Mike. Merle could uh, vouch for it. I had my head turned out the window it's the raining. entire time. Yeah, yeah when I'm good doing job. that, I'm not ignoring you. I'm just, just making sure I've got the forecast right. All right. So there's an article that came up, and I had some humorousness as I was driving in. So it's one of the articles I, I popped into my head and uh, um, and I thought we'd chat about here this morning um, as I'm getting into my wife's car. So, you know, you know, when you ever see 15 clowns come out of like a Volkswagen? Sure. Um, I now know how they get them in. So, um, folks, if you ever see me, I have a body and a face for radio. Of course. And uh, I normally drive a 2500 truck. I fit in there. My wife is ITs is four eleven. That's not really true. She's much taller. She's five one, and she's got like the little small mini SUV. Well, I had to move it today. Okay. And so I said, I'll just take it into the show. Well, it took ten minutes for me to stuff myself in, and stuff myself in probably isn't much of an extent or much of an exaggeration. So I get here into the parking lot, and there's a whole bunch of the world that saw the moon early today, for <laughs> having me get out of this car. So. This article leads to that because we're okay. going to talk about cars in a second. Okay. So anyway, an article by, uh, oh, I'm still kind of giggling to myself. So if I start busting out on air, it'll be the first time ever. But it was it was funny. So article by Barbara Kellmeyer. Uh, it says the economy is about to slow down. Uh, that's time for retail stocks, says Goldman Sachs. So they did a real nice article in here talking about, you know, what was coming up with the, uh, or what has happened, I'm sorry, with the, uh, Chairman Powell and, and the things going on. Um, and so they have a couple of fun, you know, sites uh, in here from Ronald Reagan that says, you know, uh, spending like a drunken sailor, mm-hmm. uh, the government's spending like a drunken sailor. And he said, well, it's really not true because the drunken sailor is actually spending his own money, mm-hmm. you know, this kind of stuff. But what's interesting in here is they take a look at what happens as we, you know, start coming into a recession or a slowdown inside of the economy. And in here, their, their breakdown was to buy retail and sell autos. So, hence my term, having fun, you know, going from autos to autos. Yeah. So, in here, inside of their uh, their conversations, they're looking at rates of returns from the marketplace and profitability versus retail. And they're going right down all the names that you own. 
And, uh, folks, we're not telling you to go out and buy this, but just some names to think about. They're going and saying Amazon.com if we have a recessionary period of time. AutoZone, bed, uh, Bath body, bath and Body Works, maybe or maybe not. You know, Best Buy, eBay, Etsy, Genuine Parts, Home Depot, CarMax, et cetera, et cetera. And going down a list of retailers that people tend to use those products even though we go into a recessionary period of time. Charming. At the same time, one of the things that tends to really suffer would be automobile manufacturers because if interest rates are high and we can still get by with another year in our car, we'll typically get by with another year, and especially if we factor in the fact that they may not be building cars right now with all the exactly. collusion of strikes that are going on. Did I say that collusion of strikes? Um, I think that popped I, up in I, my head. I, you might have used your yeah. outdoor voice for it that, but slipped. I'm not sure. Yeah, so... So with this in here, uh, we're seeing a risk-off gap inside the marketplace. And, folks, for those that you don't know, um, there's a, a couple of measures that talk about risk-on, risk-off. So whether money's flowing into the S&P 500, the NASDAQ, or those types of things, or whether money's going inside of the treasuries in gold. And so um, more into the markets, risk-on, more into the treasuries in gold, risk-off. And risk-off is really set at about 46%, which means it's, it's the bulk of what's happening right now. So people are just becomes, becoming conservative with money. Um, and if you're looking for a place uh, in this article, according to Goldman Sachs, um, it's uh, uh, into the uh, personal expenditures, the uh, retail sector. And so interesting note, um, as well as eventually bonds are going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've had a, a Bill Ackerman uh, who runs, oh, geez, I can't think of the uh, hedge fund he runs, says it's getting time to short bonds. Well, I'm not sure if it's the time or not or if he's wrong or right, but at some particular point in time, interest rates are going to go down. We'll actually see the bond prices start to jump back up at some particular point in time. Um, so uh, be heads up, folks. Mm-hmm. Read, be present, look at what's going on out there. So uh, you know what I'm hearing there is take a look and, and you know take a, a good look at some of the same sectors, the same companies that were doing well in the spring of 2020, in the summer of 2020, when we had COVID lockdowns, people weren't buying cars. People were doing some yeah, retail yeah. shopping, doing projects at home. You know, they maybe weren't necessarily doing it in store. They were doing the curbside pickup and things like that. Yeah. But those, uh, Amazon especially, was one that did uh, did really well in that well, you, time. Well, you think about it, it is a, a perfect analogy that you had there, Mike. Um, so in here, it's going to be all those things that you're doing when you're staying at home and you're conserving cash. You know, you're not running out and, and doing vacations and buying big ticket items, that whole bit. You're trying to hold out another year. Um, and it'll be all that same type of mentality is what happens if we, and I'm still, still saying if, folks, likelihood, yes, but if we go into a recessionary event. And if we do, with the amount of employment that we have being so so heavy, people still working, um, I think the recessionary is going to be pretty light, uh, just my thought in this whole thing. You know, one of the best things the government could do to uh, – help thwart this would be to get oil and gas flowing. I mean, that would be one of the, to get the prices dropped. Mm-hmm. Now, we're you know, going through as much oil and gas now and pumping it and, and uh, uh, distilling it or refining it, if you will, um, as we were prior to the pandemic. I mean, we're, mm-hmm. we're doing it, except our usage has expanded. And we're not really catching up in our own domestic supply and that usage has expanded. And if we did that, we'd see fuel prices coming down. Well, if it costs less for us to haul lettuce up from Texas and bring it up here, uh, that's going to be less inside of the food store. We'd see that multiplier effect start happening mm-hmm. within the economy. But for one reason or another, um, somebody doesn't want to do that. 
Yeah, pay, if you pay attention to Patrick DeHaan from uh, from Gas Buddy, he says we are at, you know kind of at pre-pandemic levels as far as production goes. Other countries aren't. You know, there's a whole lot of factors uh, in there as well, and uh, that's a whole other discussion uh, for another time, though. But uh, Patrick DeHaan, one of those that's that's kind of said, yes, we're, we've seen some spikes. Those could be temporary, though. Oh, by the way, we've also switched to uh, winter blend gasoline which is a little cheaper there's that factor but yeah 715-845-2155 is the number to call we'll have more with merle kelch coming up after this right now your news here on wsau Eight thirty-three on this Saturday morning here on AM five fifty FM ninety-nine nine WSAU online at WSAU.com as well. Again, a mostly cloudy skies, actually very cloudy skies. Uh, still some light rain showers coming down outside the WSAU studios. Saw a report earlier today of just over two and a half inches of rain in uh, rural Clark County. We've had some other reports from Wisconsin, uh, from the. Uh, southwestern part of the state down by La Crosse of just about an inch and a half or so. I haven't checked the Leishner rain gauge on Wausau's west side yet. I'll get back to you on that. Okay. Well, let me know. I, w- I will. Yes. I will. So I have a um, box with some of my uh, animal mounts on the back of my trailer right now, which is a non-waterproof wood box. Okay. I'm really pleased it's raining so much. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, hey, that just, you know what that means? <laughs> that means you just have to go out and, and, uh, and you know, do some more hunting because you got to replace those. I like your thinking. Yeah. This is a great idea. Both see, uh, both archery season, uh, opened was it yesterday, a couple days ago, uh, a week ago, I think it was a week ago. Yeah, okay. So we go. So yeah. It's, it's going to be that time of the year, except I'll be all over the place mm-hmm. uh, doing that. So it's just, it's just going to be just insane. My we, yeah, we'll, we'll keep so. you posted if we need to have a, a best well, yeah. of show. Let me know at, if you, you some... find an animal on my uh, land, would you? Because I'll, I'll be too busy <laughs> running around. Yeah, indeed. So he's Merle Kelch for making financial sense. Of course, our chat is just a uh, filler for your phone calls at 715-845-2155. Uh, if you'd like to get a question with Merle, go right ahead. Uh, Merle, though, right now you have uh, some more breaking news. Yep. Warren Buffett uh, has said many times before, if you don't want to buy an investment, and hold it for 10 years, why would you invest it at all? So it's one of his, uh, you know, he has a whole book full of statements that Warren Buffett said. Um, and in that, we're seeing something that happens, happening right now, that we see happen from time to time in the investment world. So this knee-jerk reaction see, you see inside of the stock market is as a result of what's going on. Um, but if you're in this for a long term, and I, I always invest for long term, and I'm looking for clients myself, um, I look at this, and again, I said it before, I want to see what's on sale. So an article by Isabel Wang says investors dump equities at the fastest pace since December as higher for longer rates raise uh, recession risks from Bank of America. And, and we look at this and, and you know, my first response is, duh, it's, I mean, it's the best you got because, mm-hmm. you know, inflation has not subsided to a point where the Fed wants it. Right. In fact, has actually increased a little bit over the course of the last few months. So every expectation by anybody reasonable in the investment world will look at this and go, yeah, okay. So um, so would you invest in something that you just want to hold for two months or three months? Well, no, that's not investing. Investing is what do you want to hold for three or five or ten years out, something good quality in a company or an investment that's going to continue to make money. So then we look at the stuff and say, oh, well, what's on sale? So people want to start selling things. So inside of the article, they're just simply talking about the, you know, record uh, funds recorded weekly outflow 
from global funds at 16.9 billion um, as of Wednesday. You know, flows inside of the U.S. marketplace are coming out too, which simply means money's leaving the market. And what's interesting, as Warren Buffett also says, he says, I like to buy at the time of the worst pessimism. Mm -hmm. Um, And the old general rule of thumb in our industry, folks, is when the small investor, which is all of us listening, um, gets out of the marketplace, that's the time you want to start getting back in again. So we start looking around, we'll say, well, what's on sale? What do we see? Is there anything we want to pick up as an individual investment? Is there a particular sector, maybe inside of mutual funds or something we want to buy? Uh, Since we see the market starting to drop back down again, and taking a little bit of a break. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if we see the market come down again for the next week or two. Um, and only other reason is that we tend to have a pullback every once in a while, and it's usually five, you know, sometimes up to 10%. We haven't had that for a bit. So if we see that happen, no surprise in my world. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we'll see it go back up again because we are still making profits in America. Not as many as two years ago or a year ago, but we're still making profits. We still continue to keep moving forward. And as I say, we're still milking a cooler, and we'll still need a pair of shoes. Um, all that's uh, uh, still going. We'll still need those mm-hmm. consumables. 715-845-2155 is the number to call. Good morning. You're making financial sense with Merle Kelch. Who are we talking to? Hi, my name is Chuck. Morning, um, Chuck. Just a couple of things to add to your banter this morning, which I usually enjoy on Saturday morning. Well, usually. Usually. So. Uh, well, Uh-oh. Sometimes, sometimes I'm unable to, to listen. Okay. 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 So my buddies and I were having a discussion about this the other day, and uh, the question came up, if the Federal Reserve can willy-nilly print money whenever the heck it wants to, as much as it wants to, as much as it pretends to need to, why in the world does anyone pay taxes? That's my first one. And the second one, if you have an insight or if you have any kind of uh, thing where you've followed it, the collapse of the, of the money in Venezuela, where their system went to 120-some percent inflation and the, their money system collapsed. Now, I know this is outside your purview of things, but I, I do enjoy your conversation. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Two different two different things on there. So, Chuck, um, I'd love to sit down and have a bourbon with you and your friends. This would be a lot of fun to have a conversation with. I, <laughs> I, I think so. Yeah, so first of all, um, the Federal Reserve, you know, does the Federal Reserve pay, just print money? The, the answer is actually kind of no, they don't. Um, what they do is the Federal Reserve will buy cash from the economy. And if we need money for a particular reason, that comes from the Treasury Department. So if somebody in theory printed cash, it would be the Treasury Department. Okay. But the Treasury Department can't sell cash if they want to raise money. They have to raise, they have to sell bonds to the marketplace. So if we need more money for debt or we need more money for whatever reason, the Federal Reserve um, doesn't have anything to do with that. The Federal Reserve only has the ability to control interest rates and try to keep inflation low so that we, re- we have full employment. So that's what the Federal Reserve's job is. So they don't print the money. Now the Treasury Department says, well, we need more cash, so we're going to issue more bonds to the marketplace. And that almost in itself makes it so like my extra money is being printed. So we can't print money to pay taxes because that, I mean, that's Venezuela. Um, <laughs> okay. You know, uh, where they just simply say, well, we're the government's just going to pay for everything. Well, somewhere along the way, it's got to be from the people contributing to it, not just financing debt to finance debt. Oh, hold it. That kind of sounds like us right now. <laughs> All right. Okay. Maybe my commentary popped in the middle of there. Um, so a little bit different animal in what we do is that us as a country, we create GDP and we have rolled trade going back and forth. 
Um, so Venezuela for the longest time, just as Russia has done in other places, they said, we're just going to take money that comes from our oil and gas sales, and we're going to use that to pay for everybody, um, bought a lot of votes, created a dictatorship, et cetera, et cetera, inside of the country. Um, and then when oil and gas came down, they couldn't do anything with their money anymore, so the money became worthless. When your money becomes worthless, you're not going to give me a dollar for my widget because uh, now I want five because it's that much worth that much less and you simply have rampant inflation that haps on. And so uh, I've been to Africa a few times. It was interesting, and I want to say it was uh, Zim- Zimbabwe dollars. I may be wrong, but they actually had a $1 billion bill for Ooh. their uh, currency. Um, and friends of mine that would go up there and buy art from them and then resell it, um, they would go through and say, you know, they don't even want their own money. They want U.S. $100 bills, not the old ones, but the new ones because they know they're real. Um, and so they'll take that money, and you get such a discount and everything. So we go up there. So when we'd be inside of the country that we go to in Africa, they say, if you pay us in U.S., uh, we'll give you $105 for the dollar because we can use that elsewhere. Um, kind of nice because mm-hmm. we had those, you know, so interesting thing. So uh, I like your idea. Why pay taxes? I have that for a whole nother discussion, uh, but um, at the same time, Venezuela and other countries, uh, they do it when they're trying to have the government pay for everything, um, mm-hmm. and there's no money coming in to make it worth anything. 715-845-2155, again, is the number to call if you've got a question for Merle. You brought up a great point there saying that uh, the U.S. $100 bill, the the C-note, as, as some would call it, I'm told that's the slang anyway, mm-hmm. I, I don't have reporter Liz to keep me young and hip anymore, but I'm told that was the slang at one time. It is really seen as like the gold standard, if you will, pardon the pun, for currency trade across the across the world. Everybody oh, yeah. wants those U.S. $100 bills because of what they are worth not only here, but you know in, in the country in mm-hmm. which they reside as well. As you said, yeah. uh, Zimbabwe, Venezuela maybe. Uh, so, so the U.S. hundred dollar bill kind of remains that standard uh, across the world. Sure, I you know I've said for a long time. You know, people say, well, we want to, we want a currency that we can uh, you know distribute around the world and works out with one you know world currency. I think we already have it. I think it's the U.S. dollar. And I'm not saying that because I'm a you know United States citizen. It just works that way. So my and many people don't know that, and I'll be happy to share a story. My youngest boy is Vietnamese, and so. Um, my then wife and I adopted him from Vietnam and great kid, love him to death. Um, well, most of the time, well, that's because he's my kid. You know, mm-hmm. we went there, but we're sitting inside of communist Vietnam and it wasn't, it was starting to open up to outside business and influence that kind of stuff around the world. Um, we were there, they opened up their first national tax of 10% and you put your money in a box out front and people were excited to do it because of the service they could do. Um, and at the same time that we were there, um, it's a communist country, and I'm sitting in the middle of a park at a little vendor on the side buying a pair of sweatpants, and they knew exactly what the, uh, the uh, distribution rate was for the U.S., and they would take the U.S. dollars, and they didn't recognize the U.S. dollars in our country. That's how powerful our bills were because they knew they could convert them somewhere else, um, but they would take the U.S. dollars in a communist country that didn't recognize uh, U.S. dollars. Wow. And that was 25 years ago. And at that time, and and as you mentioned, knowing the exchange rate at that time and being able to kind of. Whole conversation, whole conversation was with a calculator. Wow. 
It was phenomenal. <laughs> Loved it. Math, it truly is the universal language, I guess. It is. If yeah. if only I understood it better than I do. <laughs> 715-845-2155 is the number to call. Again, we'll be back to wrap things up after this. But first, here's Chris Conley. It's this day on, on WSAU. It is 849 on this Saturday morning on AM 550 FM 99.9 WSAU online at WSAU.com as well. Uh, Milwaukee Brewers clinching a postseason berth yesterday. Beautiful. Big fist pump from Merle Kelch on that one. The Wisconsin Badgers, nice win yesterday in football as well, running all over Purdue. Uh, we, we just heard the the, the, uh, the disclaimer, the forward-looking statement, which may not come true. I'm going to make one of those right now. Yeah. Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, my Colorado Buffaloes, we're going to upset Oregon today. There you go. Number 19, Colorado versus number 10, Oregon. We're going to upset Oregon today. Well, I think it's amazing after three games, Deion Sanders has already been on 60 minutes. You know, he's already the best. Second time he's been on 60 minutes, by the way. He's, he's also the best coach in college football, according to him. Of course. Yeah. So <laughs> nothing's changed. Yeah. yeah. Look, let me, let me look in the mirror so I can see him. Yeah. He's gifted. I got it. Yeah. He's yeah. He, uh, willing and to, willing and what I, what I loved no, about that statement uh, as well. Again, our, our banter always filler for your phone calls at 715-845-2155. Uh, as again, this is a forward-looking statement that may not come true about my Colorado Buffaloes. What he, what he, I loved what he said about that. He said, "You know, I'm recruiting these kids. Why am I going to tell them that somebody else is the best coach in college football?" But I also have a lot of respect for uh, Nick Saban. Every time I do one of those Aflac commercials, it's like, how much can I learn off of him? Yeah. And Nick basically gave it right back and said, "I learned stuff about recruiting from Dion." So sure. well. It works works great from that standpoint. Indeed. And, There's and, an article that popped out of here from uh, Barron's. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, no uh, worries. There's an article that popped out from Barron's that I thought was kind of interesting, and so I read deeper into it. But the article is by Josh Nathan Kazis. It says, how Ozempic and Wigovi could break the healthcare system. And it popped up, and I said, well, what do they mean? What's going on with that? And so as I started looking at it, I get to look at this article from two different standpoints, folks. One of them is, is that, um, first of all, um, we're all getting older. We're getting more diabetes. We're getting more obesity and being overweight. Um, um, by the way, check my weight. I'm the same weight I was two years ago. Sure. I'm just impressed. I'm, I'm, I'll hold you to that. I'm just amazed. <laughs> so, But the other part of this is that um, as we um, are getting larger as America, we're um, getting heavier, we're getting older, diabetes is popping in. Uh, the, uh, the drug Ozempic and, of course, the obesity version of it, Wigovi is just the, uh, the, the obesity version, are getting prescribed more and more, and you're starting to see more and more insurance companies that are starting to approve the use of them. Um, and the reason is they found out if people are taking this for diabetes or they're also taking it for the obesity or the weight loss, um, it's dropping their risks of risks and costs of um, heart disease, cardiovascular, lung, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And they're finding it may pay off. But the interesting thing about this is if we look at this, folks, if we look at Eli Lilly and uh, Novodors, we look at the amount of sales that they have, projected sales from these two drugs, it's going to go on 23 to some 32 and $33 billion, respectively. So by the time 28, that's five years, folks, it's going to nearly double to 61.2 billion, 63.4 billion as well as Medicare and Medicaid look like they're going to approve it, companies are approving it. The 
unfortunate part about this is some of these drugs right now are $16,000 a year to have the monthly doses of them. And so as a result of that, the driving prices and money flow that's going to go into these companies is huge. Now, competition is going to bring that price down. Of course. Um, as time comes along. But these companies that are providing this stuff, um, there's there's a lot of money to be made out there. So am I looking as I'm looking at this, thinking to myself, well, are we really truly going to have a, a problem inside of healthcare? Well, yeah, at these prices, it's probably going to start costing more from an insurance standpoint. So during this sweet spot of the next couple of years, if we look at it from an investment standpoint, I'm staying out of the healthcare side. Sure. Um, but if we look at it from an investment standpoint, there's some good money to be made in a number of these companies. And folks, again, I'm not telling you to run out and go buy these stocks. Okay, that's not it. But look at the stocks on side of these things and say, is there some possibility for us maybe to make a few shekels before the competition comes in and starts eating up the profits? And so that's the important thing. But as we look at this, um, the healthcare side of it, then it's going to probably cost us more money from health insurance across the board as we continue to keep prescribing this stuff. So, um, yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. That's about all I got on that. But it's an interesting <laughs> yeah. conversation right. how this is going to cause us pain and help us from an obesity standpoint from society, too. At least, at, at least in the near term. Yeah. Of course, you said uh, competition. We, uh, I, I, and I don't know if these drugs are into the generic marketplace just yet. No, they're yet. still relatively new, but there's a lot of competition coming. Yes, but uh, so obviously, once they do get into the generic marketplace, then that comes with a significant price drop, of yeah. course. But that's I, I, again, we don't know. I don't know how that works. I so think that's 17 years. You get a, okay, for 17 years, and these have been around for a while already. Sure, uh, we're just on the second or third generation. It's called a GLP-1 inhibitor. There you go. Sure. So I don't know where that my GLP-1 like is. I got a pretty good idea where the liver is and maybe the kidneys. I don't know where the <laughs> GLP-1 is. Yeah. Someplace in this whole uh, mess we call a body. Yeah. And, and again, this is not us uh, giving any sort of medical advice or uh, you know financial advice that should be taken as absolute word, yeah. uh, gospel word here, of course. This is uh, just a, a discussion that we are having in hopes that you maybe have uh, as the listener, another discussion with your financial professional or something uh, to consider as you make your path forward. Uh, but you mentioned something else in there about uh, about the competition and things like that. Uh, so when you're looking at medical uh, investments, medical stocks, things like that, so what you're saying is maybe take a look at what they're doing right now and invest in it now or, or look in it now, but don't think of it as something maybe for 20 or 30 years, because as we mentioned, oh, you know, you're hitting up on something that happens with drug stocks. Sure. Um, drug stocks. If you hit a home run on a particular drug and it's going to take off, it can really do some great stuff to the bottom line. I mean, look at Viagra. It went up, then went down. Sorry. Couldn't stop myself. <laughs> Um, but for Pfizer, the stock price, it took off because of Viagra. I mean, it's one of the biggest drugs that's ever been created. Right. Um, but then as the has started having more and more competition to it, the, the profitability of the company, of course, slows down um, until they come up with that new drug. And so it's part of the product maturation process that goes through. And, and so as a result of that, this, I think, has the potential of being bigger than what Viagra did to uh, Pfizer. Um, uh, for these companies that are getting this because it's still relatively new and they're coming up with it. And I guess there's a number of approvals that are coming up in the next several months that will actually put some competition to the other companies. 
So uh, let's see what happens. But I think it'd be really good. But again, it's one of those you put the money in. It could be good for four or five, six years. And then yeah, the profitability slows down because of competition. And then sometimes you say, well, let's take some money off the table. That's one of the things you have to watch your drug companies. You're either great or blah. And again. That's it. That's, that's my official uh, <laughs> definition for the day. Great, great or blah. Uh, great. Uh, I, hey, I'll allow it. Again, you're, now, now, you're, now you're dumbing it down a little bit to somewhere where somebody like I can understand it. And, of course, I say that tongue-in-cheek, but that's also yeah. part of your job Maybe Maybe well. that's what we need to do, folks, is just have some sort of a definitions by Merle Kelch. Yeah, how is this stock? Great or blah? You know, that, that's it. Yeah. There we go. I'll, I'll, As opposed I'll, to great or stink. Yeah. I'll, I'll get some intro music for it. Um, I'll have Chris talk to the imaging guys. We'll make it happen. Perfect. That yes. sounds fun. Yes. If, if, and, and, again, if something that we have said in there has flipped a light switch in one of the listeners' heads and they'd like to have a, a more in-depth conversation with you about something like this, such as what to look yeah. for when you're investing in medical stocks. How do they get a hold of you? Uh, you can get a hold of us on 3rd Avenue and Bridge Street, Wausau, Wisconsin. Stop on in, have a cup of coffee, say hello and hi. Um, you can give us a call locally, 715-849-3600, outside of the Wausau area, 866-355-5100, or find us online at kelchinassociates.com. And again, Merle, next week, joining us live from the fishing boat? Hopefully from someplace in Florida. That's We, okay. we don't know exactly where yet. We so don't know where folks, yet. Folks, we have a, a high school friend of mine that's uh, battling cancer, so a bunch of us are I'm taking him fishing. So we just don't know where we're going to be yet. We'll find out. But hopefully next week, remote. And uh, if you do indeed catch that prize marlin, there will be a picture of it on the WSAU uh, account on the platform formerly known as Twitter. Well, I might just give you a picture of a little gray grunt. You know, it's about <laughs> the size of a bluegill. That's yeah. about it. I'll, I'll settle for a devil ray as well there if you, you can if you can put, pull one of those onto the boat. But uh, we'll see. That'd be fun. The platform formerly known as Twitter. There we go. There's a whole nother conversation we could have had this week because uh, I've got some thoughts about what Elon decided he's going to do there, but we'll save those for another time. Seven one Again, uh, this has been Making Financial Sense here on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU and online at WSAU.com as well. As always, podcasts are available at WSAU.com. Stay tuned later today. Milwaukee Brewers going for the Central Division title against the Miami Marlins. We'll have the coverage coming up at 2.35. Uh, first pitch is just after 3. Champagne pops at about 6.30. At least that's what we're hoping, as the Brewers hopefully will claim that Central Division title later today here on WSAU.